James chapter 2 and verse 17. Even so, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Today we're going to talk about faith and works. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you that it's alive, that it produces faith in our lives. And Lord, let us hear what the Spirit would say to us today. Let us apply it to our lives, Lord. Let it find good ground in our heart. We're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. One more time, a hand clap of praise to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. We are thankful for the Lord. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Thank you for being here and being in the house of the Lord this morning. In the book of James, in chapter 1, and verse 21, it says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. Don't be naughty. And receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Now, I'm going to get through this as quick as I can today, but but I'm going to pull out things in, in every verse, I think, today. He said, receive the word. Receive it because it has the ability to save you. So you need it because it has the ability to save you. And then he has, but be doers of that word and not hearers only. When you hear it, you can receive it. But he said, be a doer of the word that has the ability to save you. It is able to save you if you will do what the word says and not just hear it. Because if you do that, you deceive your own self. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man that beholds his face or his natural face in a glass. He beholds himself and goes his way, and then straightway he forgets what manner of man he was. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, and does, and he's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. I want to be blessed in this life that I live for the Lord. And hearing about blessings don't get you the blessings. But doing the work is what gets you the blessing. He shall be blessed in his deed. In other words, he's blessed in what he is doing. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, we somehow have saved ourselves because we were so good. Uh, uh, our, there was no righteousness with us. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And so we know that we do not save ourselves. It is not because of works that we have received the grace of God in our lives. We understand that, and we do never, ever, ever preach that works. Uh, by our works, we are saved. But that does not mean that we now live a new life in him that is free from works. Because faith, as we read in the beginning, without works is dead being alone. Having what you need and doing nothing with it, friend, that's, that's just like not having it at all. 
if you had, if you were going out on a boat, so, oh, I'm a little bit worried about getting on a boat. You know, if it sinks, what are we going to do? Oh, don't worry, we got life rafts. Okay. Well, the boat starts sinking, and you don't pull out the life rafts, and you drown. Why would you drown if you had life rafts? If you had a way off the boat, if you had a way to escape that, why would you just go down with the ship? Well, we've got life rafts. Yeah, but the life raft ain't going to come and scoop you up and put you in it and row you to shore. You're going to have to do that. Yeah, it wouldn't, be, wouldn't it be nice if it did? Hey, just come get me and save. But no, you're going to have to uh, do something with what you've got. And so there are no benefits from having what you need and not using it. There's a, there's a, a show some of us were talking about, because I know some of you have watched it too, and it's just a favorite of mine, but um, it's a, like a reality show thing. It's called Alone. And they drop these people off on these places. There's 10 people out there, and they, they've got to kill what they eat or harvest it or do something like that and, and stay as long as they can, whatever the challenge is. But this one guy was starving to death and he had a hut full of fish. But he was so afraid of using up what he had that he wouldn't eat it. So they had to pull him out. He had to be removed because he had lost so much weight. He was close to his organs shutting down and dying. And he was, he just like they took him away. And he had all this food he could have been eating. But in his mind, he thought just having it's enough, he began to hoard what he had. And they said, you get to a point that you have this hoarder's mentality if you don't start eating and you're afraid to eat anymore. And that's why I think what happens sometimes is we are trying to hoard all this good stuff God's got for us and we're not using it. Yeah. I, I don't want to die with the gift unused. There's no benefit to, to having this if we're not going to use it. It's, we've got to do something with it. And, and we talked about faith on Wednesday night and and the Lord just led me to more of this, just teaching about faith today because our church is moving into such an atmosphere of faith. And so um, I want to make sure that we're understanding that uh, what's accessible and available to us. In Proverbs 24, verses 30 through 34, it says, I went by the field of the slothful. That means uh, the lazy man. And I went by his vineyard, and he, this lawful man, he says he's also a, a man who is void of understanding. He doesn't understand uh, what he's got. And he says, when I looked at his vineyard, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles that covered the face and the stone wall was broken down. And so I looked and considered it well. I looked on it and I received instruction. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. And so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thou want as an armed man. Or he said, your poverty will come very quickly as someone who has been robbed by a thief who was lying in wait. And so this man had a great field, a great vineyard, and it could have produced for him, but because he would do nothing with it, there was no harvest. He was in poverty. He traded his fortune for just a little rest, thinking, well, I've got it, but it don't work itself. It don't take care of itself. And, and why uh, would we do without when we have what we need? Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 22, the question was asked, 
because Israel was suffering and Israel was in trouble and Israel was pining away. They said, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Well, the answer to that is yes, there is a balm. And yes, there is a physician. But he said, why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? In other words, why are my people sick and suffering when they have what they need? We do without because we don't realize that we have what we need to survive. We have what we need to live. We have what we need to be better, to be whole. We have what we need to make it. You know, in the story of the prodigal son, you know the story. The, the son went out, wasted his, all his living. He came back. He's smelling like a hog pen. The father falls on him, dresses him up, covers him up, loves him. Brings him home, they kill the fatted calf, they're having a celebration, rejoicing. And the elder brother, who has been there all this time, comes, he says, hey, what's going on in the house? And one of the servants says, hey, your brother's back. So they're having a big party, and oh, he's ill. And he's upset. And the father goes out to him and says, hey, come on in the house. He says, I'm not going in there. He said, I have been with you all this time, and you have never, he tries to put the blame on the father for what he's lacking. But the father answers him, he says, son, you are always here, and everything that I have is yours. If you have done without, it's because you never took advantage of what you've got right here in front of you. And sometimes I feel like we've got that elder brother mentality, not ill at our brothers, and they're like, but we're just whining because it looks like everybody else is having a party, everybody else is getting what they want, and we're sitting around going, why not me? We, we, we leaning on a fence post with our lip poked out going, how come I ain't having a party? He said, all you had, he said, it's here and it's yours. You could have planned a party without even asking me because it's yours. He said, everything that I have belongs to you. You're the oldest brother. You've got a double portion of the inheritance. Everything that I have, it's yours. And if you've never had any friends over for a party, it's on you. It ain't on me. I don't want to be in the house with all this, uh, uh, all this gifting and all these anointings and all this ministry and all these helps, all these things that God has for me. It's right in front of us, and yet nothing's going on in my life. But it's not because God has it provided. I just had opened the cupboard and took nothing out. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm going to help us here a little bit today. We're going to get over this, uh, wait, this sitting around, God's going to wait on me kind of stuff. The Bible didn't say God's going to wait on me. It tells me to wait on the Lord. Uh, listen, I, we need to quit sitting around thinking, well, God's just going to come in here and say, can I take your water? Can I turn down your bed, one little mint on your pillow? What you want? You know, no, God, God's like, I've provided I have given the sacrifice that I made uh, is, is uh, enough. It, it'll take care of it. But what I need is I need people to start asking. He said, ask and it'll be given. Seek and then you find. Knock and then the door is opened. But as long as you're standing outside waiting on me to just say, come on. Come on and get it. Come on. It's already here. What more does he have to do? He said, I will pour out of my spirit of all flesh. On all flesh. Anybody here not flesh? Then that means the spirit's been poured out on you. 
And you know what comes with the, with the, the Spirit? The gifts of the Spirit. And you know what comes with the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit. So let me tell you, everything that we need to live this new life in Him already been poured out. Mm. I'm telling you today, there's, there's something to be, be said here. Listen, there, there's a doctrine in this world today that just believe, hey, just believe. All I got to do is believe and I got to have nothing else and that's going to be okay. But the fact of the matter is that belief alone will not produce results. The woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says that she said within herself. So some point before she ever got to the crowd, she had already made up her mind. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. But I'll never touch the hem of his garment sitting at home. I'll never touch the hem of his garment going somewhere else when he's here, but I'm going to go somewhere else. She said, I'm going to push through the crowd. I'm going to take this faith, this belief that I have in him that this can happen, and I'm going to do what I know I've got to do to get my miracle. And so she went and she touched him, and it happened. And according to her faith, she was made whole. But it was her faith and her works. Her faith was not alone, so it was not dead. It was alive and it produced. And so belief alone doesn't produce results. Because, hey, look, i I tell you something I believe. I believe that if you exercise, that if you eat right, that you will feel better, that you will be healthier, you'll get stronger, you'll lose weight, you'll build muscle. I believe that with everything that's in me because I used to live like that. It's obvious I don't anymore. But I can tell you this, believing that without doing it won't produce nothing. We all know if we were to diet and eat better, we'd lose weight and feel better. We know that, but we don't because there's a drive-through every five feet when you're going through town and they got hamburgers and cheeseburgers and onion rings and everything that you love so much and you know it ain't good for you, but well, I believe if I do that, I'll be better. You'll die with that belief. Because just believing it doesn't produce any benefit of actual physical wellness. You know, a crop, if you want, you want a garden, hey, I want a garden. And you can keep looking outside, hey, I want a garden, how come there ain't one out there? Well, have you, have you been out to the, have you plowed the ground? Have you planted seed? Have you done it? Oh, no, I just want one. Well, a crop would produce itself. I got a whole sack full of seed in there. Well, the one writer said, is the seed yet in the barn? Trying to tell us, look, as long as the seed stays in the barn, nothing's happening. And as long as it, you, I, I've used this illustration before, you can go buy one of them pretty little packets. It's got them beautiful ears of corn on the front of it or cabbage or whatever it is you, you know, rutabagas. We love rutabagas in this house. Any of that, that good food, beets. Y'all like beets? Come on. But whatever it is, you can stare at that picture and never eat. You can say, "Woo, look at this picture. Mm, look how good that looks. Hey, well, let's go pick some. Oh, I ain't planted nothing. Well, you can't eat the seeds. Well, you could. I mean, but, ugh. But, hey, guess what? It don't taste, you know, like a, a, whatever it is that's on that picture, you know. So, what I'm telling you is that we've got to be busy about doing what we say we believe. Paul said, I believe, therefore I've spoken, but 
uh, and, and we do that. We speak things that we believe, but we also do things. Colossians 3 and 17, and whatsoever you do, whether it's in your wording, what you say, or in your actions, in your deeds, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Philippians 4.13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can do those things. Listen, our very nature of being born again, it constrains us to be doers. We are born again, not of corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, by the word of God. That's the Bible. The Bible says we are born again by the word of God. You know what the Lord said about his word? He said in Isaiah 55, 11, so shall the word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it will prosper in the things whereto I sent it. If I am born again by this living, breathing, active word, he's saying, you're born again in my word. You're not going to come back to me void. You don't come back to me with nothing, but I desire and have provided my word that you've been born again by that I've filled you with my spirit it has given you the ability to accomplish the thing that I sent you to do don't ever say Lord I can't do that it's, you might as well word it right Lord I won't do that Moses tried to get out of it Lord I can't do that and the Lord said didn't I make your mouth he said I can't speak I'm slow of speech he said oh who made the eyes or the mouth or the ear Did it, didn't I make them He's, and he's upset with Moses because Moses is like, I can't do what you're telling me to do. He said, no, really what you're saying is I won't do what you're telling me to do because I have given you the ability to do it. Yeah. Friend, it is in our spiritual DNA as new creatures in Christ. Yeah. We were meant to be sent. We were meant to accomplish, yeah. and we were meant to prosper. Yeah. It takes action on our part to see it happen. Yeah. It takes some doing for it to happen. Not just having it, not just having access to it, not just it being available, but doing something with what we have. Faith with works. In Matthew chapter 25, there's a parable and there was three servants. One was given five talents. One was given two and one was given one. And so this is a great example of uh, so many so many messages and lessons in this uh, parable. But right here, we see the difference in people who believe and do and believe only. And that's the world you live in today. Because there are people that believe, you just got to believe and do nothing else and you'll be fine. You can take what God gave you and you'll be fine. We're going to see if that's the truth. In Matthew 25 and 24 through 26, then the one who had received one talent, he came and said, Lord... I knew thee. So he has knowledge. He understands. He knows who, he's, who he got his talent from. I knew thee, and I knew you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not strawed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid the talent in the earth. And now you're back. Look, lo, here is the talent it, 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 that's yours. Here it is. And his Lord answered and said unto him, You wicked and slothful servant, because you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and I gather where I have not strawed. You, you knew how, you had knowledge, but you didn't do anything with what I gave you. Now, all three of these servants knew their Lord. And all three of these servants had talents. 
And the talent, the guy that had five talents, his talent gained another five, and so it was ten. The one that had two gained two more, so he had four. So the talent that was given from the Lord has the ability to reproduce and to produce and to double and to be active as long as you're doing something with it. So they all had knowledge. They all had belief. They all had talent. But one guy said, I'm not going to do nothing. Let's see what it gets you. It got him cast out. That's, where, that's what it got him. And, and that's what we don't want. We, we want to take what God has given us and not bury it and not just say, I believe and I know what you said and what you do, but I want to do something with what you've given me. Believing is simply not good enough. It can't just be belief. James 2 and 19 says, if you believe in one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the world has taken that as like, let's, let's keep his commandments in our pocket, in our car, on our shelf. <laughs> he said, no, he said, keep my commandments with your life, with the life that you live. Uh, Jesus said, believe, you know, believe on me to have everlasting life. But then he also said, you must be born again. And then he also said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He was not trying to be confusing. He just didn't condense the whole Bible and our walk into one single verse of scripture like this world does. They take one scripture and say, that's all I need. He said, commandments, plural, keep my word. So how are we going to make disciples if we don't do anything? How are we going to see miracles if we don't do anything? How can you let a light shine? Because he said, you're the light of the world. Let your light so shine. It's got a certain way to shine so that the world can see your good works. So if there are no works, if we're doing nothing, how is anybody seeing the light? Mm -hmm. Yep. Let's jump back to James. In James chapter 2, in verse 14, he asked the question, what does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he have faith and have not works? He says he has faith, but I don't see no evidence of it. That's because God looks in my heart and he knows what's in my heart. Yeah, and he looks to see what you're doing with your heart because out of the heart are the issues of life. He said, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you don't give them those things that are needful to the body. What does it profit? You can throw all them blessings on them, but if you don't do anything to help them, what did it profit? And then our opening verse, even so faith, if it has not works, it's dead. It's dead. It's inanimate. It's not moving. It's just good for nothing now but to be buried. What does it profit? Even so, faith has not worked, being dead, it's alone. Yea, a man may say, well, you have faith and I have works. You can't just have one or the other, but that's how people are. You've got faith, but I have works. Show me your faith without your work, and I will show you my faith by my work. See, we live in a world where people say, I don't have to prove anything to you because I know what I believe and God knows what's in my heart and God knows what's going on in me. But he's telling us right here, how can you 
show me your faith without works. He said, I will show you my faith by my works. That's not saying I'm showing off. He didn't say show off. He said, but live a life that is producing. Jesus said it like this in John 15, that's producing fruit, producing much fruit. Uh, we know that fig trees that don't bear, he don't, he don't like that. Uh, and he said, so uh, you've got to show people your faith by what you're doing in this life. Now, that doesn't mean you've got to go start a church over in the jungle somewhere. That might not be the work God called you to do, but, but being a, a work can be anything. And it, it can be teaching a Bible study. It can, it can be uh, showing the love of God to people in, the, in your actions and your attitude and, and praying for people and inviting them to church and praying with them in the altar or just, you know, just showing the love and compassion of God as you live daily. Don't, don't be like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Don't come in here like Dr. Jekyll and then go outside and turn into Mr. Hyde. When you get on the job, cussing and fussing and carrying on and coming into the church, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you. you, know, you know, don't do that. Be consistent. Be a doer. That's what the scripture says. He says, you believe in one God it's, it's after that verse. Well, that's good that you believe in him. But the devils also believe in him. Man, how many times did Jesus show up and say, we know who you are? And he was like, shh, hush. Man, even the devils, the spirits, the evil spirits know who he is. But they're not doing nothing for the kingdom. I, I want to be on a little higher level than the devil. He said, but will you know Will you get this? Will you understand this? Oh, vain man, that faith without works is dead. Faith alone is vanity because it does not produce anything. Faith without works is dead. Even the Lord told Peter, he said, he said listen, Peter, he said, I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. And then when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. I'm not just praying for you to have faith and have it tucked away somewhere. Then when you're converted, he says, you get busy using the faith that I've prayed for you to not lose. Don't lose your faith. Now listen to what he said in verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? By what? When he offered Isaac his son upon the altar, he took his son his flesh and blood. He went against every natural instinct of a father, a natural father, his carnal mind, everything. He, went, he put all that aside to obey by faith and laid his son, his only son, Isaac, on the altar and not just laid him there but was about to put the knife in him and God stopped him because he said, now I know. How do, how do you know, Lord, that Abraham fully trusts you and fully follows you? Because I saw what he did. I saw his faith and I saw his works. His faith got him walking toward that destination, but it was his works uh, he was carrying out. And so when he put him on the altar to offer him. And so then, verse 22, Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. All right, there's two words here uh, I want to look at. You see how faith 
wrought. So let, leave that up there, that word wrought. We don't use that today. I don't. I wrought with the lawnmower all day. It didn't know it. I don't. We don't use the word wrought. But the word wrought in the Greek uh, means this. It means to be a fellow worker, to cooperate with. So he said, you see how faith cooperated with Abraham's works. His faith was a fellow worker with his works. Now that, when I was studying that this morning, another scripture came to my mind because I wondered, was this word used anywhere else? In 2 Corinthians 6 and 1, we see then as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Man, that's a big, that's a whole message right there. But the word workers, which we are, we then as workers, so we're workers together with him. The word workers is the exact same word in the Greek as wrought. And so we then as fellow workers cooperate together with him. We are working with him. We are doing things with him. We are taking care of business with him. We are a fellow worker. We are cooperating with him. So then let's go back to uh, James uh, 2 and 22. So you see how faith uh, cooperated and worked together. You know, uh, it was working together with his works, faith cooperated with works. They got to be together. And now by works was faith made perfect. Now the word perfect there simply means complete. So faith without works is incomplete. Works without faith is incomplete. The perfect union is faith and works together. And that's what makes them perfect. There's a lot. That's why we see a lot of imperfection in our daily walk. It's because sometimes we have faith, but we don't have any works. And sometimes we do works, but we don't really have faith. But we need faith and works. Faith should be your constant companion. You should always make sure that you have faith and works so that your faith is not dead. I don't want to bury it. I want it to be alive. I want it with me. So uh, we are workers together in him. We are cooperating with God. We are a fellow worker with him. He wants us to have faith, to believe in him, but he wants us to do something with what he has given. You know, he said in that verse of Scripture, 2 Corinthians, he said, don't receive the grace of God in vain. Everybody says, that, you know, well, grace, oh, it's grace. It's, I get it, it's grace. I've told you at the beginning of this message that I, I know that it is by grace through faith that we are saved, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I, I know it. It's not, it's not of ourselves. it's a gift of God. Let me take you back to a man who found grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's the scripture. In a world that was just constantly getting more and more evil and wicked, people doing their own things and not serving God, Noah, it had been passed down to him, and he had a love for God, a service for God. It doesn't really talk much about his life before that, but it says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so what happened to Noah? What did Noah do? 
In Hebrews 11 and 7, it says that Noah, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Noah found grace. You know what grace brought Noah? It brought him instruction. God did not build the ark. God did not pick Noah and his family up and put them on the ark. Grace brought instruction. Grace brought the word. And it was the word before it was ever an ark. It was his obedience that produced the ark. It was his faith. The, the grace came and brought the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. So Noah had faith. And then Noah moved with fear and prepared an ark. Noah, uh, his faith produced the ark, but it was God that shut the door. Listen, God will put the final seal on what you're doing for him. When you obey him, God's going to make sure uh, I'll put the final seal in, and God shut the door and protected Noah and them in the work that he had done. So Noah found grace, but he didn't sit back and say, wow, hey, don't worry. There's a flood coming. It's going to destroy all life, but God gave me instructions for a boat. Well, should we start building? Oh, no, God, we've got, we've got the instructions. That'll be enough. He would have died with the instructions in his hand if he had not done anything about it because God was not going to build the ark for him. So get away from that grace plus nothing stuff. It don't work. Faith without works. That scripture that it is by grace through faith that we're saved cannot cancel out another scripture. It can't erase it. It's got to line up with it. And so that doesn't do away with faith without works is dead. We have to do what he said to do. And so back to James uh, chapter 2 and verse 23, it says, talking about Abraham, it says, the scripture was fulfilled that said Abraham believed God. Well, he, he believed him. Abraham, take your son to this mountain and sacrifice him. Okay. God shows up the next day. Hey, how come you're still here? Because I believe you. Well, if you believe me, why aren't you walking toward that mountain? Because I believe you. You see how senseless that is? Well, God, I believe what you said, so that's enough. And God's like, is your belief going to get you to the mountain if you don't start walking? Are you going to be able to offer Isaac on that mountain if you don't get there, build the altar, lay the wood? If you don't do it, is it your belief alone going to make that happen? Well, the only answer Abraham would have would be no. But Lord, shouldn't belief be enough? God wants to see what we'll do with what he's given us. We've got to do that. And so the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. You mean it's really not just faith? You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by works or not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab. She was justified by her works when she had received the messengers and then sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. 
I can't and you can't and nobody can change what the Lord said in his word. We can't change the scripture. And so we want to make sure that we're not showing up with dead faith and we're not just showing up in works, but we're showing up in faith, ready to work. <laughs> Hear me? When we walk out of here, we walk out in faith, ready to work. When you wake up in the morning, faith, ready to work, ready to do whatever God's got for me today. And when you pray, that's a work. When you're, that's, that's your faith work. Why, why pray if you don't have faith? Prayer and faith. When you, when you get down to prayer, when you pray for somebody, that's why I've told people, I said, don't, don't be just giving that blue thumbs up when people ask for a prayer request on Facebook. That's faith without works. Well, isn't punching that little blue thumb a, a work? No, it's not. It's not. That's procrastination. That's something that's, that's giving a false impression that you're actually praying. If you say, yeah, I'll pray for you, then pray for them. Pray for them. If you don't do nothing more than right then and there, say, Lord, have mercy on them and touch them. I mean, do something, but speak a word in faith over them. Don't just say you'll do it and then don't do it. And so we need to make sure that we are doing and being doers of what God told us to do. Now, as we wind this down, we must not only do good. You know, I, I've said, made this statement. We can't just do, uh, or it's not enough to just not do bad. You've got to do good. But you can't just do good. You have to also not do evil. It, it's, it's uh, you, you know, just some scripture for it. Because the people who believe and the ones that believe that all you have to do is believe and that grace is enough will say, it doesn't matter what you do. You're okay. But Hebrews 12 and 1 says, lay aside every weight and sin. Job 11 and 14 says, put iniquity far away. Isaiah 55 and 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way. Ephesians 4 and 22, put off the old man which is corrupt. 1 Peter 2 and 11, abstain from fleshly lust. Uh, Paul asked the question in Romans 6, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. John said this in one of his letters to the church, I write unto you that you sin not. So do good and don't do bad. Remember at the beginning we told him, he said, don't be naughty. Stay away from naughtiness. Stay away from that stuff. It's more than Santa Claus looking at you. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through. I'm getting ready to come in for a landing, honey, if you want to come on to the music. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. It's always been like this with God's people. I know that uh, in the Old Testament they lived under the law, but, even, but believing God and believing what he set forth as law took faith. And it took obedience. Deuteronomy 28 and 1, and it shall come to pass. In other words, it'll happen if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if you will hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. And I'm not going to read all, the, all that, go down through there, but then there is a long list of blessings that will come upon us if we don't just hear God's word, but will do God's word. These things will come on us and overtake us. 
in Psalm 31 and 23, and you can stand with me. The psalmist said, Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful, and he will plentifully reward the proud doer. Not the proud believer, the proud doer. Not the proud procrastinator, the proud doer. Not the proud napper. <laughs> that man in Proverbs was taking a nap. And everything he had fell apart. He said, he will plentifully reward the proud doer. We need to get to doing what the Lord is. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. Well, he already knew what the business was. But he said, I got to be busy about getting it carried, carried through. That's why he could say it on the cross. He could say, it is finished. You know why Paul could say at the end of his life, I have finished my course because he did. I've done everything God asked me to do. I finished my course. I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. He kept it. He kept it alive through everything that he did. So let's be not just hearers of the word, let's be doers of the word. And let's remember today that no matter how strong we believe, we can't change scripture. Faith without works is dead. This is not a dead church. God's church is not a dead church. Now he said a body without the spirit is dead, but this body's got the spirit. And so we're going to see God work in our midst. Amen. We're going to go into this next service and we're going to worship and we're going to pray and we're going to seek God and we're going to see the glory of God come down. We're going to have faith and we're going to activate our works. Hey, come on. And we're going to see God move. Amen.